Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor box or even their watermelon flavor box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us. And how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast part of your day. I'm Adaris. Hope all of you are well and safe and happy new year here from the Sports in the World podcast for the first episode of 2022 here on the Couch Guy Podcast Network. So lots to get to. NFL playoffs. Antonio Brown. A little wrestling today as well. Quarterbacks. Movement. And a little bit more. So with all that being said, let's get into it. Now, let's talk about the NFL playoffs here. I love the format. I love the expansion of the games because now we're getting more games that actually have meaning. Because at this point last year, the end of the regular season, the games didn't really mean much. There was nothing there to play for. We, everything was locked up. Everything was fine. But now, expand, expansion of the playoffs. You're getting meaningful games. You're going to have a couple of meaningful games. Well, yeah, a couple of meaningful games over the weekend. Now, if you look at the AFC side of the playoff bracket, you got the Titans at one, Chiefs at two, Bengals at three, Bills at four, Patriots at five, Colts at six, Chargers at seven, Raiders on the outside looking in. So Chargers and Raiders will play each other for that potential seventh spot. And the Steelers are kind of there, but that game has to end in a tie. And somehow or another, Jacksonville has to beat the Colts. Yeah, I'll just, I'll let that permeate there. Now, we'll look at the NFC side. Packers lock up the one seed. You got the Rams at two. You got the Bucks at three. You got the Cowboys at four. Cardinals at five. Niners at six. Eagles at seven. And you got the Saints on the outside looking in at eight. So, lots to play for there on that side as well. When you look at some potential matchups, should everything play, everybody wins, everything stays put. You could have a match of the AFC side. We could see Bills Patriots one more time. Think about that. And you could also potentially see the Bengals and the Colts. And I think that'd be an interesting matchup. Interesting matchup to see Joe Burrow go against that Matt Eberfloss defense. And to kind of see and test that Bengals defense against the very good running back Jonathan Taylor. And also Chiefs and Chargers, another AFC so we play each other for the third time should everything play out the way it is. Look at the NFC side of things. Look, 
a potential four or five matchup, Cowboys and Cardinals run it back again from week 16. Excuse me. Yeah, week 17. Excuse me. And then you have a three six matchup of Bucks and Niners. Interesting matchup there. And the two seven of the Rams and the Eagles. So we're getting matchups. It's all interesting. And it's all it's all good stuff. Just like, I just can't say enough about the format because I think you had to take the approach of a baseball. It's where baseball added the wild card game. They added the one final game at the end of the season. Because it felt like 162 games, it felt like during the season, September, October, there were meaning the games were meaningful. And there it's 162 games. So with that being in the NFL now it's just 17. So it's a lot more to consume baseball wise. But it made the product better because you're getting more intriguing more matchups. So in that regard, so ex- expansion is not a problem. But when I look at the playoff situation, and going into the year, I I legit had a situation where I said, where I said, well, Cleveland and the Chargers, one of the two teams would have been the Super Bowl. One's looking okay, and the other, forget about it. And that we'll we'll, we'll discuss later. But on the NFC side, it's it becomes interesting because I, I do believe. I do, I do believe in Green Bay. Green Bay right now is the one sure thing. As long as Aaron Rodgers is under center, you could win back-to-back MVPs. I think they're playing, like I said, December, January. I mentioned this on another podcast here on the Couch Cat Sports Network. Is that December, January, you got to play your best ball. And Green Bay has done that. Since they lost to the, to the Saints in week one, they're completely different completely different team. They went on the road, beat the Cardinals. They, they, it's a whole, I can't explain it. It's a fundamental change. But when I look at teams like the Dallas Cowboys, it's concerning because people say, well, they didn't play anybody. And, and here's the problem. The one thing about to say my problem with the Dallas Cowboys is, is the defense. And we read about how, listen, they're not as terrible as they were. You know, yeah, the whole Mike Nolan thing. So, yeah, they're not that bad. But it is concerning. And this offense has to pick it up. I think that we could, we could sit here and blame the refs all day. And there's some validation into that. I'm not going to, you know, completely deny that. But at some point, it boils down to accountability. So, but the one team that I think super surprised that it's the Philadelphia Eagles because the Eagles figured out, hey, we can run the football. They're one of the best rushing teams, if not the best rushing team in football. Them in San Francisco, to me, they, they run the football, the Colts. Do what, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Do what you're good at. And with the Eagles, and I've said this all along about Jalen Hurts, and I said this about any quarterback, do not try to make a quarterback into something they're not build around what they are meaning that you build around the skill set of your quarterback don't try to put a quarterback into a system that they're not comfortable because that's it's not going to work because because here's the thing if you build around their skill set then it doesn't work then maybe it's the quarterback but i you know 
too many times is that you try to force the system down a quarterback and it doesn't work. You build around the quarterback, build around their system, what they can do, what they can't do. And every guy can have a cannon, foreign arm, can launch it 65, 70 yards. They're not built for that. That's not who they are. But you build around what they're good at and you're going to be successful. And Jalen Hurts is a dual threat guy. And I defended, I defended Jalen Hurts countless times on the podcast by saying, listen, I had a first round grade on Jalen Hurts. I really did because I thought he was that good. He could make certain throws. He could make over shoulder throws. He can get into tight pockets. He can, I really liked it. I really liked it that, that good enough. And he fell to the second round, which is kind of like a mini first round pick. And the Eagles got it. So he won the job, he's there. And, people, and some people are like, oh, well, we still gotta get better for him. Give Jalen a shot. Like Nick Sirianni, he, yeah. Listen. Ever since he made that speech about plants and whatever, they're, they're playing better. I, don't, I, I can't explain, <laughs> but they are. So another thing to look at a great importance is this. When you look at teams like Philadelphia, finding your identity. Because when I look at your team, and I think I've said this before, is you have to know what you are. I said this the last episode, I believe, of 2021, is knowing your identity. And right now, a lot of teams simply don't know who they are. And they're trying to figure out who they are. And that makes it very, 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 very tough. And so one of the things is that what I will say is that when I look at teams, for example, when I look at the Tennessee Titans, when Derrick Henry went down, that was their identity. All of a sudden, they all, I guarantee you, all Mike Rabel did was simply just tell the team, hey, we're bigger than one person. And you have to remind the team of that sometimes. All of a sudden, you know, Tannehill, oh, well, he's throwing interceptions. Well, he, they have to throw the ball now. You know, they have Jerry McNichols and they had Adrian Peterson on the team at one point. So it's not like they don't have a backfield. It's just that, listen, you got Julio Jones, you got A.J. Brown, they'll figure it out. Then you get probably Derek Henry on the back end if they hold on to the one seat off a of bye. That, to me, a healthy Derrick Henry makes the Tennessee Titans a Super Bowl contending team. That's how transformational a player Derrick Henry is. Because if Derrick Henry was now on the field in the playoffs, I wouldn't give Tennessee a shot. And that's not a knock on it's not a knock on the player, Joe. You know, I want to be wrong. But that's how transformational he is to me. So when I look at a guy like they're here, when you look at certain players, that's how I perceive them. They can change the scope of the team. But look at a team like Cincinnati. They're fun to watch. Think about this. They have a 4,000-yard passer in Joe Burrow. They got a 1,000-yard receiver in, you know, excuse me, running back. A 1,000-yard running back in Joe Mixon and they get 2,000 yard receivers in T Higgins and Jamar Chase and by the way they're all under 25 think about that now take that as you will now in the potential matchup listen they could face a team like the Colts it'd be interesting 
like I said on the, you know earlier, these playoffs are going to be interesting. Look at it. New England is still there. I don't count out New England. As long as Joe Belichick's on the sidelines, I, I don't count it out. If we can stop the argument about, well, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, look, I'm going to use a musical example. I'm going to go old school, then I'll go new school. Look at Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel together made great music. Now, when Paul Simon and Garfunkel can separate, separate ways, it's how you depend on success. Some might say Paul Simon may be the more successful guy. But to use a better example is Genesis. When you look at Peter Gabriel and you look at Phil Collins, both had successful careers apart from one another, but they're also successful together. So that's the situation. Genesis is the better example. Maybe I went too far with art, you know, with Garfunkel. But it's, they're like Genesis. You know, listen, Phil, Phil Collins can stand on his own. So, so, and so can Peter Gabriel. Now, to kind of move it forward, think about this. Think about One Direction. Think about like Harry Styles and Liam Payne. You think about all those guys in that group. Every one of them is, is having a successful solo. He, like maybe Harry Styles may be the better man. but the point is the point we're writing point is that instead of comparing well which career is better understand that they were just as successful together as they are apart that's Belichick and Brady so we can stop comparing like well Brady and Belichick listen Belichick got punched in the face he got hit right up in the chin he went out there and he realized he's better he spent money. He went out and got the likes of Hunter Henry, John New Smith, Kendrick Bourne. He spent money. He changed. And he's back in the position where he could possibly have another Super Bowl. Mac Jones, I, am I saying that the Patriots are the Super Bowl? No. What I'm saying is he has a guy, a rookie quarterback, who's playing outstanding. Like, if, if you, if he's shown he's a rookie from time to time. But, it's now the realm of possibility as long as you have Belichick as the head coach and even Josh McDaniels on the sidelines. Another constant. When you look at the Chargers, yes, they lost to the Texans. I don't know how I feel. I know Justin Herbert's work, but how do I feel about everybody else? Is the question I have there. For Buffalo, running the ball, Josh Allen, and great defense. And another Bills Patriot matchup is not the worst thing in the world. The Patriot, that's that's not the worst. That's not terrible. Like let's be clear, it's not terrible. But if you look at the NFC side, look. If you look at Tampa, Tampa's in trouble. You know, and and I'll talk more about the Antonio Brown situation in the next segment, the next part of the show. But but my point here is this. Tom Brady, Tom Brady has made stars out of guys like Chris Hogan. He's made stars out of receivers and players we've, like I remember David Dippins. I remember you know, guys that weren't perennial ones that David had. And he won Super Bowls with him. So I don't count Tom Brady out of the game. But when I also look at the reality is, is that 
He's going to lean on the. He's going to lean more on Brock, Cameron, Bray, OJ Howard. You know, Mike Evans even more. Jalen Dart, Cyril Grayson. He's going to lean on guys a little bit more. I'm curious to see who gets the targets. You know, obviously, I think Mike Evans is getting the targets that Chris Godwin, who's out for the year, tore ACL, MCL. He's getting those targets. And who's going to get AB's targets? That's going to be the question moving forward in the postseason. Now, when I look at Arizona, the one question is Arizona's experience. Arizona, Arizona can go on the road and be successful. So, but my biggest concern, if they have a home game, will they chill? That's going to be the question. And for San Francisco, it's a quarterback situation. You know, Jimmy G, or the thumb up, a healthy Jimmy G. Do you go to healthy Jimmy G to go to Trinidad? Do you start the transition now, or do you wait till 2022? And, and lastly, when I look at the Rams, the Rams right now, like I said, playing their best ball, but my question is going to be, I think it was kind of someone answered. Listen, Matt Stafford has great weapons. You know, listen, OBJ, how are you going to feel about how everything went down? OBJ is a great receiver. Then, you know, when Robert Woods went down, unfortunately, OBJ got those targets. He got the catch. You got Van Jefferson. You got Cooper Cup. He's easily the best receiver in football this year. Easily. Don't sleep on Tyler Higgins. Obviously, they got they got Jalen Ramsey and they got Aaron Dollar. They have talent everywhere. But the big question is, we've seen the story. They get to you got the quarterback. You got the team. This is Sean McVay's best team. This is probably better than the team that went to the Super Bowl. Because here's the thing. Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. So this and this is a slightly better team than the one that went to the Super Bowl and, and laid it down. It kind of laid flat to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So just keep it that in mind. But before we transition to the next segment, before we head to break, I do want to address the I do want to address the Antonio Brown situation. Now, if you know the little doing by now, you, you should know what happened. Antonio Brown, third quarter, left, you know, let's just say in a fashion of becoming of a professional during the game. Now, I spoke on this on a play other podcast here on the Couch Guys Fortune Network. And one of the things that I will say is this. This is this is a situation of two sides. We have the side of Bruce Arians and the team, and we have Antonio Brown's side. I fall somewhere in the middle. Well, I do believe that Antonio Brown had became a liability. I think had the whole, the whole situation with the vaccination card, I think he made himself a clear, clear, in a clear situation where he became a distraction. He became more of a liability than an asset. But what happened is, is that Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, they, they gave him a chance. But let's be clear, it's obvious that Antonio Brown needs help. Like, however you may feel about Antonio Brown, the football player, Antonio Brown, the man, the human being, he needs help, big time help. And with help, he has to admit that he has help because we've seen situations. Simone Biles, we've seen Lane Johnson, the tackle. 
the offensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles admit that they needed help. That of what they're going through. We've seen it across sports. They have to admit to have help. Because one of the things I said, I said this in college about something. And I and I think it fits today. We can want people in life to succeed, do great things in life, and be amazing. That's what we should all want for all people, first of all. But the person has to want it for themselves, even though we want it for them. For Antonio Brown, we could all want Antonio Brown to get help, but he has to be the one to get the help, period. Like, let's be clear on that. He has to get the help. We can sit around and be like, uh, well, no, he needs help. All of them coach, Tony Dungeon said the same thing. He needs help. He doesn't need to go to another team. Whoever this mystery team is that wants him, stop it. You don't need to stop it. Antonio Brown, the human being, needs help. That's where his that's where the priority should lie. Also, I do believe that Tom Brady had good intentions. I really do. But at some point, if you're Tom Brady, you have to see that Antonio Brown doesn't want help. And football is not helping. It's enabling, it's enabling his behavior. Because if what he did, if what Antonio Brown did at his job, he's a football player. If we go to our jobs and we prance across the office, or we just, <laughs> we'd be fired. We, there'd be no discussion about, oh, maybe we can bring him back. No, we'd be fired. So at this particular point, if you're, listen, he's no longer a bucket. He shouldn't play the rest of the But to say this point before we had to break is this. Understand, Antonio Brown is a great talent. One of the best receivers for a decade. Had a, one of the best stretches of any wide receiver in a decade in his nine years at Pittsburgh. It almost decade for one team. At some point, no one denied the talent of Antonio Brown. The question was the change, because obviously he changed. There was a change. And at some point, maybe it was that hit he took from Vontez Perfect. You know, when Pittsburgh had played Cincinnati years ago. I'm not a doctor. Listen, I went to school for criminal justice. I went to school for business administration and for new media journalism. I, I don't have a degree. I don't have a psychology degree. I don't have a degree. You know, I'm not a surgeon. <laughs> I don't know that. All I know is that from what I see, I see something wrong. And like I said, however, I feel that his behavior is unprofessional, but that, that does not change the fact that he does need help. Because to me, it's two independent variables. You can say that his behavior was unprofessional while also saying he needs help. He needs help. Because at some point, Antonio Brown, the human being, will outlast Antonio Brown, the football player. So just something to keep in mind there. When we come back on the back end of the Sports in the World podcast, I'll be talking about the quarterback situation. I'll be talking about guys like Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. All the movements, my thoughts, more specifically on Baker Mayfield and the situation going to Cleveland, uh, what happened in wrestling. And in my Browns big picture, I talk about women in sports. 
That's next year on the Sports and the World Podcast. The Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. And welcome back into the Sports and the World Podcast. And before we kick in the final segment of the show, remember that you can listen to this episode and every episode of the Sports and the World Podcast on the Couch Guy Sports Network and also Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Check me on social media, Ladaris Brown, at, on Twitter, at Ladaris underscore Brown, and on Instagram, at Ladaris double underscore Brown. As well, you can follow me. I write pieces for at Beyond Women Sports. I also write for Sports Key. I write about the NFL. I write about the Falcons for the Blog and Dirty Pot. So I try to, you know, wear many hats, and one of these days I'll invest in a hat rack. But well, let's get this last segment started. Talk about the quarterback situations. I do believe that this year you're going to see a lot of quarterback movement. Simply because of this. And this falls for two reasons. First, I do believe that teams feel that they're one quarterback away. I do, and I also feel that certain teams are one quarterback away. For example, when I look at a team like, let's just say, the Cleveland Browns, I feel like they're a quarterback away. And I'll and I'll get and I'll get to that in a second. Denver feels like they're one quarterback away. Most teams feel like they're one quarterback away. But, but, but here are some free agent quarterbacks that'll be on the market in 2022. Just a couple. You got Andy Dalton, you got Nick Foles, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, Teddy Bridgewater, Brian Fitzpatrick. Now some quarterback potential that could be on the move. Kirk Cousins for Minnesota. Derek Carr for the Raiders, Russell Wilson to Seahawks, Ann Rogers of the Packers, Jimmy Garoppolo of the 49ers, Tua Tagovailoa for the Dolphins, Matt Ryan for my Atlanta Falcons. Those are some quarterbacks that I feel could be on the move or something's going to happen. So to me, this circles back to my point about the Cleveland Browns. Because here's the thing. I was a big Baker Mayfield. Listen, I wasn't the biggest fan when he came out. But I became convinced new coaching staff, Kevin Stefanski, that cut down the turnovers. Baker started to look like a, a, a pro quarterback. 
And then entering 2021, I'm thinking, well, this Browns team is a Super Bowl team. As long as Baker Mayfield just plays at the level that he did back in 2020, you know, if he can play at that level, this is a Super Bowl team. They got a Super Bowl caliber defense. They got a Super Bowl caliber run game in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. These guys, they have a great offensive line. So, what went wrong? And you can be a Cleveland Browns fan and watch the game. So, no, the constant is Baker Mayfield. And I do believe, and I wrote this in a piece for Captain Sports, I do believe that Baker, he, he might be on the roster. They exercise his, they exercise his fifth year options, which is like 18.8 or 18.9 million. So he'll be on the roster, potentially, more than likely. But will it be as the starter? That's the question. So you go back to the of the names, the free agents. I don't think you, you can't go the free agent route. I, I, I don't believe, because I don't believe as you know, as a guy like Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, and you know, Trubisky or Bridgewater, Fitzpatrick, they're guys that can help win you games, but they're not guys that can take you to that next level where this team is right now. So you got to start looking at guys on the move. And to me, I feel like Aaron Rodgers may not want to go to football, but I do see a couple of names that stand out to me. You know, first, that could come into Cleveland, and I think even for Baker, potentially. I think the top of the list, if you're, if you're GM Andrew Barry, your first call to John Snyder at, at Seattle. See what they want for, for Russell Wilson, because I think that relationship is over. And I think they're going to they're major overhaul their team. I think Pete Carroll, and I said this earlier, Pete Carroll is not coming back. I don't see it. I think it's a major overhaul in the process. So, in hindsight, Seattle's going to need a quarterback to replace Russell Wilson, and they don't have a first pick. So, could a possible package that's centered around Baker Mayfield and you package, if because to me, your first round pick, you would get a receiver. But, would you pack and, and if you're a Browns fans, would should Andrew Barry consider a package if Seattle says, Well, we'll take Baker, change the scenery, something different. It's gonna be a whole new everyone needs to change the scenery. So you 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 send Baker to Seattle, package if you if you have to package your first one pick this year, okay, but if you can package your 2023. Potentially your 2012. If you can package your first round, maybe a couple of seconds, whatever, you make the deal. Because I think Seattle understands that they can't get the gamut for Russell Wilson because because you're asking the team to absorb a lot of, of money from Russell Wilson's side. So it's kind of akin to like the Jared Goff sacrifice. People wonder why did why did the Lions get so much? Because the Lions had to eat up a lot of that money from Jared So I think that situation may be similar for the Seattle and Cleveland situation. That's one possible option. Another possible option is Matt Ryan in Atlanta. I love Matt Ryan. I want Matt Ryan to finish his career with the Falcon, but the money and the cap situation that happened under the previous administration make, makes it hard when you look at so many of the needs on the roster. 
which is why I potentially say Baker in Atlanta doesn't sound off. It doesn't sound off. Would I want Baker? Sure. Because I just feel in this whole situation, Baker needs to change his scenery if he's not going to be the star. Because if if the if Cleveland, this is how you know, if Cleveland does nothing, they're committed to Baker. Even if they sign a guy like Andy Dalton, if they sign a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, if they sign a guy like Mr. Trubisky, they're still going to take. They're still going to start Baker Mayfield. But however, if they get any of the guys I mentioned earlier, like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tua, or Matt Ryan, they're telling that Baker's going to be the QB2. And that may be what Baker has to be. That's what Baker... Listen, would I call it a bust? I don't know. All I know is this. Baker in Cleveland right now, as the starter, cannot work. The only way that works is, is that Baker... I think this is what happens. If you keep Baker... And you don't make any moves. You stay pat. You go in the draft. You got the receiver. You make other moves. If Baker, you know, starts 2022 the same way he's done, he's done. And if you're a Cleveland fan, look, a lot of blame could go around. It really can't. Because when there are one or more people involved in a situation, blame has to be spread. I didn't say like even spread, but blame has to be spread nonetheless. So, possibly, I can see in a trade for Seattle, maybe the Raiders. You can take Derek Carr. Derek Carr's not bad. Because the situation is that teams are going to want a quarterback back. Unless they feel, because let's be clear, if you're a team, maybe like you're the Raiders, or if you're, listen, would you want, it's about how you feel about the quarterback draft picks. To me, I'm like, okay, yeah. Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Carson Strong. How do you feel about it? Because that's going to be the penalty question. How do you feel about it? But with all of that being said, here comes another situation. Because I do believe in my heart of hearts that their teams that other need, listen, the Texans, they need a quarterback. But listen, Nobody wants Deshaun Watson because of his legal situation. So his legal situation has to be clear or there has to be some assurances that, hey, it's going to be fine. That's work. Detroit may want to move off of Jared Goff, but that money, no one's taking the money. And that's probably the problem for Minnesota for Kirk Cousins is the money. If you're watching the football team, you'd listen. Like you like to, the question is, does Ron Rivera like or love Taylor Honey. Because listen, listen, if you're in a relationship, I'll, I'll drop a little relationship advice. If a, if a woman or someone, let's just say you're a, a, a significant other tells you that, hey, I like you. I like you. As opposed to I love you. It's two different things. Yeah, I really like you. And you're like, oh, well, I love you. And they're like, yeah, I, I, I like you too. You're like, not the same thing. That's the question that Ron Rivera has. That has to be answered there in, in Washington. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger is not coming back. 
Baker's not going to Pittsburgh. So I'll, I'll, I'll shut that down there. Pittsburgh is a quarterback. Do they go draft? Or do they look at a guy like a Mitchell Trubisky? Possibly a Mariota. Possibly a Bridgewater. But I'm not saying they're long-term answers. But they kind of, a veteran quarterback feels the route that Pittsburgh has gone through historically before drafting their quarterback of the future. Because remember, when Big Ben was drafted, they had we had Tommy Maddox there. So they they had a veteran presence before they pursued drafting a, a quarterback. I think that's the route Pittsburgh's going to take. But if you're Seattle or if you're the Raiders, they're going to want a quarterback back unless they feel super strong about the draft class. But if you're Seattle, you don't have a You know, the whole Jamal Adams thing, that's a lesson in you don't give up the farm for a safety. I'm not saying the position is not great, but look, how many safeties do you know outside like maybe Micah Patrick or worth of a first-round pick? Jamal Adams is a great talent, but that's an example of Seattle feeling they were defensive player away, and yeah, you got what you paid for. So now you're kind of stuck with that situation. So, so the Jets are sitting better for Carolina. I I don't see a situation where Cam or Sam Darnold are. I believe that's one team that will look at the draft because their coach, Matt Rule, is a college. He came from college. So he knows what he's looking for. Will he get a third year? And I wrote an article saying, listen, in the history of Carolina Panthers, only one coach lasted exactly three seasons, and that was George Seaver. Everybody else got at least four years. So it looks good for Matt Rule to come back, but he has to get the quarter situation right. He has to get the offensive line right. He has things to address, and he has to go to David Tepper because David Tepper gave him seven years and 60 million bucks. So to outbid the, the Giants who end up getting Joe Judge, who, in my opinion, Joe Judge has to go. Daniel Jones is fine. But if you, it, it all depends on the management because Dave Gettleman's gone. So it all depends on the management there in that situation. But one point before I go, like, let's be clear. Going back to Baker Mayfield, because I have to emphasize this point. Don't be shocked if Baker comes back. But Baker coming back to the team is not saying that he's the guy under center in 2022. I do believe Andrew Bear, Kevin Stefanski, they're going to look to see, like, to me, my first call would be first to Russell Wilson. Call around and see who's available first. And then you explore free agency. Because if any quarterback, because the question is, is Andy Dalton with a Nick Foles? You know, Mitch Trubisky, Bridgewater, are they better than Baker Mayfield? That's the question that you have to answer first. Because if they come in and take Baker's job, the Baker's death. Baker's going to be the, he's going to be the backup all year. You know, unless the injury takes place. And speaking of injuries or certain circumstances, I want to talk real quick about wrestling before I finish with my Brown big picture. I do want to talk about the situation Listen, Brock Lesnar winning at day one. My thoughts, my reaction is, I think my, my mindset was, listen, Roman Reigns, COVID. I do believe that Brock was supposed to win 
He's supposed to win that day when he's supposed to defeat Roman Reigns. And Big E was supposed to retain in that fatal four between Lashley, Owens, and Rollins. But change of plans, enter Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar wins, and now it creates a whole new dynamic where now we get to see Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble because of the fatal four-way on Raw this week. My thoughts is like Brock Lesnar, I, I was initially like, eh, but I understand the picture. Is that at some point, my, my prediction is this. I want to see Big E versus Lesnar. Or if you can do some kind of triple threat between Big E, Lashley, and listen, but they gave, but they, by them giving us Lesnar and Lashley at you know, the Royal Rumble, it leads me to believe that Big E and Lesnar could be, could be the main event. Now, how we get there, does Big E win the Royal Rumble? Or what, how do we get there? Because if you look on the SmackDown side, we don't know who the contender is. We don't know until, you know, until Friday night, until we see Roman Reigns come back and then Lesnar's going to be there as well. But a lot of things going on and then I'm going to write a piece that should be that will be coming out. I'll talk about my thoughts on who's going to win the, the triple threat match between Dewdrop, Bianca Belair, and Liv Morgan and who faces Becky Lynch at the World Rumble. Because to me, that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think it's going to play out a certain way, but there could be a variable or two down the road in that situation. Speaking of variables and changes, let me end the show with Brown's Big Pictures, a segment that I like where I get to talk about something. It's sports related, but it's not about a direct sport. And that's women in sports. Because, you know, the whole situation with Charles Brown and Mina Kimes, it's not the first time that women have been criticized for talking about sports. I don't understand what the problem is, and I and I and I refuse to. It, it doesn't click with me. But my problem is my my biggest problem is why women belong in sports. Let's get that out of the way. And I have the pleasure of knowing many amazing women in sports. And I'm just going to name to the top of my head. And if I forget you, you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, say you forgot to mention my name. I think of guys like, you know, Rachel Venonani at Game Day OJ. You know, I think of Holly, Maxwell Holly. When I think of Steffi Smalls, when I think of, you know, Mina Kime, Sarah Spain, Malika Injured, I can go on and on and on and on and on and on. Of women who know sports. They can have opinions. Here's the thing. If you're a man, you can disagree with their opinions, but don't throw in their gender because you disagree with their takes. Because see, then you expose yourself as a misogynist and a sexist. Because a lot of dudes in this in the same industry have terrible takes. But you don't call them out for their gender for having terrible takes. But you call a woman for having terrible takes. And, and, nine times, and most of the time, these men who call out women have daughters. How would you feel if a daughter got called out because of her gender? How would you feel? Then you, you, you'd understand the anger. 
but some people simply don't care. But, you know, as me and using my platform, I believe in voice, I believe women in sports because I had a woman. I mean, here's the thing. A woman told me I should start this podcast. A very good friend. I had my mother who believed in me. My sister. Women are, women are an important part of my life. I love the women that I love. Even though sometimes they can, you know, come at me. But I still follow the love, I think. But the point is, support women in sports. You can disagree with them. You can disagree with her take. But don't disagree with her take because of her gender. Because it's, it's, it's a form of discrimination. It's basically saying because she's a woman, if a man had to take, you'd simply disagree. But since she's a woman, not only do you disagree, you disagree because women don't know sports. When you think of women like Joy Taylor, and you think of women like I mentioned, yeah, listen, I've interviewed some on this show. Like Tanya Rape, I women who are in sports. <laughs> you know, Jamie said. Women I've interviewed on this podcast are the top, the top of their professions. And they work in an industry where they deserve to be. I respect their opinions in any, anybody's opinion, male or female. And I could disagree with those opinions without throwing their gender, their race, anything. I don't have to make it personal. It's about sports. Calm down. So think about that. If you're a man, think about that if you become a keyboard hero or a keyboard warrior. You can disagree with the woman. Just say you disagree with the topic. Don't say, oh, because don't go on this long tangent about how women and gender, like, do better. Just do better. And then you turn around, you have a daughter. What do you tell your daughters? Like, you can't sit there and say you support women and you can't because your daughter is going to grow up and be a woman in this world. And she's going to work in an industry. And what if someone went after her because of her gender? Think about that. Show, be the example. Because for that, they're the future. Just think about that. And think about that. We're out of time with this episode of Sports in the World podcast. And remember, one more time, you can listen to this episode and every episode of the Sports in the World podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Check me out on social media, at Lidders underscore Brown on Twitter. At Lidders, don't underscore Brown on Instagram. Check out the Facebook page, Sports in the World. Follow me in all my work as well. My writing, you'll find it in the description of the episode and also on my social media. And until you hear me again next time, I'm Ladarius. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the sports and the world podcast.